This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Welcome to DSC's Campfires with Larry Wysoon. The unique blend of hunting, conservation, and the outdoor lifestyle. Delivered in an entertaining, informative fashion that only a veteran outdoorsman can do. DSC Campfires is brought to you by DSC, Conservation, Education, and Hunter Advocacy. Hornady, Accurate, Deadly, Dependable. Trigicon, Brilliant Aiming Solutions. Ruger, Rugged, Reliable Firearms. Burnham Brothers Game Calls, Calling as Calls Made. Double Nickel Taxidermy, where hunting memories are preserved. Taurus, maker of the Raging Hunter and other fine handguns. Now here's your host, Larry Wysoon. Very fortunate today to be with uh, Mr. John Wilson with Double Nickel Taxidermy. And Dave Fox, thank you so much for the introduction. I know that you know John because he's been on our podcast several times in the past, and I got a feeling he's going to be there several times in the future. So, welcome to the DSC Campfire, everybody, and, and let's welcome John Wilson to our campfire today. John, we're in August. Mm-hmm. It's hunting season coming up. Right what are you do? What are you doing personally to prepare for hunting season? I mean, you've got to prepare for it from a, from a business perspective, but also I know you yeah. like to hunt as well. Yeah, too. yeah. It's uh, man. There's a list of things and a <laughs> litany of, of things, and you know, it's it's a combination of preparing for the season. We have a couple of shows coming up that we participate in, the Texas Trophy Hunters. There's a, right. a couple local contests we participate in. So trying to get that underway as well as making sure everybody's trained and ready to go here in the studio uh, as far as what to do with intaking animals, tagging animals, just making sure everybody's up to speed. So uh, a lot to do all at one time. And that's probably an ever-changing thing, too, because laws and regulations and everything constant. changes, don't they? It's constant, yeah. 
the one thing that doesn't change is everything changes. Yeah. <laughs> that is true. Either fortunate or unfortunate. In my case, I think it's more unfortunate. Before we turn this thing on, we're talking about changes in technology and the leaps and bounds that technology oh. makes. And, and uh, I, I know some of the same things kind of happen within tax service business as well, too. They do. You know, especially right now, you know, the, the crazy times we live in, we're getting a lot of communication from a lot of our suppliers. Things like phone, paint, glass eyes, things like that, that uh, down the supply chain, you know, are finally reaching the taxidermy world. So uh, some of our suppliers going up 10, 15% on their products. The the waiting time to order, for example, our, our, our forms, our mannequins are uh, urethane foam. Right. And so uh, oh, gosh, a lot of that, that stuff of that. is, uh, you know, it, nobody thinks about the little things like that in, in each industry, um, but but there's things that are kind of hanging up these pe- these people and uh, the, the tanneries, chemicals that we deal with on a you know, a daily basis, and and it's it's making it kind of tough to navigate, you know, because our customers are obviously looking to us for answers, and a lot of times we don't have them. Yeah, I know a lot. Of, you know, everybody wants to have their animals mounted, and then they want it back that that now. week. Now <laughs> I bring it in Monday. I want it back Friday, and I want it this. this you know, well, it doesn't yes. quite work that way. But you guys have a fantastic turnaround time. But there may be some things, not only with you, but other guys who it's, it, it's there's going to be a little bit of delay yeah, because yeah. the the equipment or not the equipment, but the yeah, uh, just the materials materials yeah. that you need. Yeah, yeah it's going to be industry wide, you know, and uh, kind of always wondered if the, if it was going to hit us, but here we are, it's starting to to show its nasty head. But you know, it's one of those things we believe in uh, being proactive rather than reactive, and and so we're you know those customers that may get pushed a month or two past their deadline, we reach out to them first, explain what's going on, rather than. Yeah. Waiting for them to give us the call. Like, yeah. Where's my Where's my deer? <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, that's an excellent way to do it. Among other things, and it's very courteous and, and uh, it's a proper way to it's do things compared yeah. to sure. you know, somebody waiting and waiting and waiting, and then finally calls and well, it's still going to be another month happened. or two. Yeah, and, yeah. And you hope it's only going to be a week yeah. or two. But it could be even longer sometimes. Could be. Yeah. Interesting. As as people are getting ready for this hunting season. Uh-huh. What what kind of what would you suggest? I mean, it looks like it's going to be a good antler year across the country. Uh, talked to several different people, in both here where we live in Texas, but out of state. And with the exception of a few areas, it looks like they're going to be really good antlers this year. There should be, you know, we, uh, I don't get to hunt much, but people do send me a lot of pictures. <laughs> so I live vicariously, you know, through them. But uh, you know, we get people email trail camera pictures and you know the this time of year we start getting them and can kind of tell what the deer will look like and and uh man there have been some good ones this year as, as what what about from out of state what do you what do you anticipate this year i know there's some cwd scares and all mm-hmm. that kind of thing is that going to affect people bringing capes and antlers back it, what you're hearing or it shouldn't um we've had some inquiries people hunting out of state and uh, what what should we do and so always tell them to kind of reach out to the local area where they're hunting make sure you right. got their regulations you're up to speed on texas's regulations and if possible most people hunt with an outfitter or a guide wherever they're going um get the animal skinned you know salted 
whatever they can do to get it as far along in the process as possible. They don't have to mess with any of the, right. you know, the disease transmission. Exactly. What about, is it still okay to freeze a hide? I mean, to get as much meat off Yeah, of yeah, and absolutely. And get the frozen? Yeah. yeah, and we still get a lot of the, I call them kind of the do-it-yourselfers that, uh, man, they're going to go out and guide their own hunt and right. harvest the animal, skin it, quarter it down to the to the skull so we kind of walk through and we have some little pamphlets we give them to kind of coach them through how to do those things uh always tell them to to check regulations and laws and you know there's all kinds of stuff ever changing on that uh field so yeah i get a feeling it's going to be a little bit more of a change and move forward as well too what about uh okay let's say well i am i'm going to new mexico to to, uh supposedly hunt for a management bull elk on the Mescalera Apache Reservation. Hopefully that all works out. Right now it looks like it might well do that. When I get ready, I mean, I'm going to bring back the cake, I'm going to bring back the horns, hopefully some meat. (laughs) Or hopefully meat, as much as all the rest, to be honest with you. Any kind of precautions I need to be aware of that you can think of just coming back into Texas? You know, I don't don't know of any off the top of my head. Uh, I would definitely check into Texas Parks and Wildlife, you know, just kind of do your homework on that and and make sure... um, there's nothing you need to do. We have, we've had in the past uh, game wardens come knock on our door looking for, you know, right. Joe Bob. And, and he had a, a couple of years ago, he had a mountain lion that didn't, he had a hunting license, but he didn't have a, I think they called it a pelt tag or something. And yeah. so they came and confiscated his yeah. mountain lion. Yeah, there, there, there are some of those little middle tags and all yes. those kind of things. Yeah, but, and these regulations change from That's year to year. Yeah. So it, it, the best thing you can do as far as I'm concerned is even if you're hunting with an outfitter or a guide, right mm-hmm. before you go, call that yep. particular state game department or wildlife department. And then the same thing where you live, too. I mean, because yep. there can be changes there can. as well, too. Um, bringing back skulls and antlers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pretty much a good idea to try to boil those things down and clean them as yeah, much as you can. Yeah, clean them as much as you can. Um, you know, obviously, if you're if you're up in the mountains and you know you just don't have the facilities or the means to get something clean, you can do a lot by hand with a knife. Right. You know, kind of clean out as much as you can, and uh, and then bring it on back. But yeah, definitely, you know, when you start talking about brain tissue and some of those the soft tissues in the head. Uh, skull that stuff get it get as much as you can clean just one you know for whatever diseases there may or may not be but but two uh it'll start stinking on you if you don't <laughs> yeah, so, that's a pretty good there's a practical there. approach to that too yeah. Yeah. there's a practical approach you know I, I know we're into a warming trend whether it's oh, warming or whatever i'm not gonna go there with any of that but yes uh and things like an elk have got a great big head they got oh, a big brain a lot of meat. like yeah. a white-tailed deer or mule deer yeah you, if you're gonna transport that skull back you know you might want to figure out how to get the uh, the brain yeah. out of there and then wash yeah, you know, hot you can... water into it or you know maybe some borax or yeah. something else to yeah. just kind of prevent a little bit yeah <laughs> you know it's uh, it's not hard it's kind of messy but you know um sitting around you know after a hunt one evening or something you can uh, definitely sit down with a stick or two and a knife and pick away for a little while and get it cleaned up you know me that part of that's all the fun of it as well too True. I, I, I enjoy like you say sitting around and, and talking and having yeah. boiling water and, 
and like with the skull with the uh, the brain cavity if i'm not going to cut the skull plate you know what i'll do is i'll find a uh probably a, a, a coat hanger and okay. yeah. you know really mix that up and then you can take some water and, and pour it in there or you can take a water hose and spray it off and and some places they'll have high pressure uh sure water hold up or yeah. whatever what, high uh, pressure, pressure hose, yeah. yeah whatever yeah. And to me, an easy way to do that is we uh, boil the skull as much as we can and take that high-pressure water hose. It's amazing how much stuff comes off after you boil yeah. it and soft it up a little bit. Work smarter, not harder. Amen. 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 So going on the hunt, uh-huh. the, would you, when you get ready to, if you can freeze this hide, it's a good idea to freeze it. It is. And so there you can put it in plastic, right? Yeah. Yeah, but if you were gonna have to, you were gonna salt it, mm-hmm. and maybe maybe you're on a, a, a backcountry elk hunt or mule deer mm-hmm. hunt where you've got to do something with the cake before yep. you get back. You know, at yep. camp before you get back with with the salt. What, what what's the procedure there? That's a great question. Um, so salt is you know an age old preservative. You know the the Egyptians use salt to preserve stuff. So it's been around a long time. It's tried and true. The thing with taxidermy is if you don't get all the meat and membrane off of the hide and you salt it, you're just salting the meat. You're not you're salting, salting the meat. skin. Yeah. And uh, and. On the other side of that, when we get it in um, from the field, it's, if it's been sitting in salt for a long time, uh, it starts to dry out and harden, and then that prevents us from getting a lot of the meat and right. stuff off of the, the hide. So it's good; it's a good preservative. Use it, you know. Um, but uh, just get your get your hide good and clean. Yeah. And, uh, what about splitting lips or turning ears? That's yeah. That's a whole that's a whole ball, ball of wax there. But yeah, you know, it's one of those things. There's a lot of videos on YouTube and, and online. You can see what that is. It, it uh, basically you need to open all the surfaces um, of the skin, the lips, the nose, the right. eyes, the ears. Um, and the, the inside surface needs to be covered with salt. Right. So as much meat. As much of that off stuff, there, yeah. off and after you do that, you'll uh, you'll <laughs> definitely appreciate what t- <laughs> what tanneries do. I'll, I'll tell you what, I've, I've turned ears a lot of times in camps and all that kind of stuff, and it's so easy to push your finger through oh. it, aren't they? Oh. But you know, to me, one of the things that I used to do, and I had students that were kind of interns, and mm-hmm. what I'd do is I'd get them skin out dough heads, and yeah. where. I knew we weren't going to probably mount the dough, but they learned how to skin the ear. They learned to get that feel as to how yeah. far you can push yeah. without breaking that total membrane. And the same thing around the nose and in the mouth too. Yeah. So yeah. it's uh, it's definitely an art. And yeah, we do the same thing. We'll save a, a lot of the European mount heads that come in. We'll right. skin the hide off, and then we'll just save the face skin basically. And and uh, new people we have coming in, we use those to train with. Yeah. And, they cut a hole in it. They cut a hole in it. We make them sew it, so they learn. Oh, but uh... <laughs> well, you know, I tell you what, though, after you had had to sew several you holes, start I think paying you a little more attention. A whole yeah. lot more careful. Yeah, you do. <laughs> where you cut, Absolutely. how you cut, and those kind of things. Oh, yeah. um, going to again, going to the hunt. Uh-huh. Uh, I mean, a lot of times, and now my room, thanks to you, is, is pretty well full, and I don't have a whole lot of room, so I'm doing more skull mouse and things right. like that. But, uh, but I also, I'll address that real quickly. Even if you're not going to have it mounted, it's not a bad idea to bring that entire 
hitched in and hit to y'all. Yeah, you know, that's one of those things that, uh, man, it's kind of a, it's becoming more prevalent. Um, people get in a hurry. There's people that don't really know how to skin. So we'll get hides that, uh, you know, somebody shot a trophy animal and, and they cut the neck because their granddad told them to cut the oh, neck yeah. to bleed the animal out. And so uh, we're always looking for skins, uh, especially big white tails. Um, it just, it's one of those things. We'll go through 50, 60 a year, replacing hides from hunters that just, either their hide uh, was cut up, they shot them in the neck, something inevitably yeah. will happen. And uh, Are they are the hair slip? Because are they the hair didn't, slip. didn't skin it quick yep. enough. Are they something? shot and didn't find it until the next day? Yeah. And that, the, the beauty of people bringing in hide from different areas is that way you can match a hide from a specific area because there are some yeah. little minor differences. There are. Correlations there and, are. You know, in the, the hair coat, and not necessarily the hair coat, but the hair color kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. What about, should you, where I'm going to go with all this is uh, years ago, or not that, not that long ago, I, before I'd leave, I'd say, okay, if I want to shoot a deer, I want to have it mounted this way, mm-hmm. turn it. it do you suggest people do that kind of thing? Yeah, absolutely. I always, you know, I think it's a good idea always to kind of do the leg work ahead of time. If you if you got a deer you're wanting to shoot, going into the hunt kind of prepared yeah. for shot placement and the pose of the animal, um, treating the hide after you don't drag it on the ground. I mean, there's, there's all sorts of things to think about that will affect the, the outcome as far as the mount goes. And that's what you're going to be looking at for the rest of your life. So. Absolutely. Yeah, you, you mentioned something interesting is that maybe not so much with white-tailed deer on leaves, grass, mm-hmm. but if you're dragging that thing over rocks or if you're dragging it over logs mm-hmm. or some kind of stubble, you can lose a lot of hair that way. You do. You know, and it's one of those things that I've dragging an animal you you're in a hurry you're by yourself possibly you're just trying to get the job done <laughs> but uh you know that that dreaded phone call from the taxidermist is not a, a fun one to have now let's talk about pronghorn antelope a little bit because yep. i'm going on a pronghorn antelope hunt you've done mm-hmm. fabulous work here on two pronghorn that i shot mm-hmm. what extra precautions because to me those are, are animals that look like they're looking for a reason to shed oh, I'm telling as you. much hair as yeah, possible. Yeah. And the hair's kind of hollow, too. Yeah, so. they're notorious for having issues um, tanning. Just they're, they're real uh, temperamental, the, uh, temperature-wise, uh, getting them washed and cleaned. Right. And Yeah, the hair's hollow, and it just behaves differently from normal deer hair, elk hair. Um, you can actually bend and keep oh, yeah. the hair follicles or yeah. the, the hair fibers so it's uh it's just one of those animals it's just and of course their coloration is such with the tan and the, the very brilliant white that everything shows let's say i shoot an antelope this year and for whatever reason you get the, the head skin and this would mm-hmm. be the cape get to be pretty bloody what's the best procedure there to ensure that i don't end up with a mouth that looks like a bloody mouth. Yeah, absolutely. If if possible, which usually, you know, you go back to a hunting camp or a skinning area or something, you know, spray the animal off with cold water, cold uh, not water. warm water. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, wash it real good. You can even use a, a mild detergent like a liquid Dawn a little bit really? just to okay. uh, to get in there and kind of clean some of the, the residual blood and, right. and uh, residue off of the hair itself. Yeah. 
it makes a big difference. And, you know, it's, it's one of those things, the cleaner it is, the less likely you'll have bacteria problems starting to happen with uh, having the hair slip right. um, as well. So keeping it clean is a good, a good option if you can do it. We're fortunate, I think, that, you know, we live now in an area, in an era where there is water in almost every camp. There is. It's just not like something. I remember years ago, that was going on a hunt, and we'd been in a dry camp, and I mean, you were fortunate that you had enough water to drink for four or five days. So yeah. You, you took extra precaution, and hopefully, you know, shot the animal where you didn't get a lot of blood on it. But, uh, yeah. One of the coolest things, uh, y'all mounted a Sitka blacktail deer for me. Yeah. I shot up in Alaska. Uh, kind of in the southeastern port. Mm-hmm. And after I shot that animal, the way we cleaned and cooled this animal down, we made a cut so that it was from the sternum at the back of the sternum mm-hmm. to the rib cage back, right. where you just kind of remove the heart lung, you know, mm-hmm. the internal organs kind of thing. And uh, there was a little bit of blood on the hide. And so the, what the guy did is he just tied a rope on it, threw it behind the boat, <laughs> and for about four or five miles, uh, close to the shore because there were killer whales and all kinds of stuff there. <laughs> and I was a little bit concerned about the yeah. blood trail. But it was amazing how fantastic that saltwater cleaned that deer out. Man, that's cool it day And the cape, I mean, that's a great was, because idea. of that, yeah. you cool that cape down because they do have real thick hair. Yeah, And do. so, I mean, but it cooled that animal down. And that where, water's it, cold up there. Oh, man, yeah. it's, it's about... About an inch from freezing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean that's a, that's ingenious. I mean, it's salt water. Oh God, and, it, yeah. it worked out absolutely perfectly. What about uh, coyotes and bobcats? We're we're into a time frame where there's coyotes everywhere. Some of these hides are absolutely beautiful, and of course, yeah, bobcat. Depending on where you hunt, mm-hmm. whether it's, you have to be sure again check your local regulations right. because. I remember years ago in Kentucky during the time when we were hunting whitetail deer, until the, the almost whitetail season over with, you could not legally take a bobcat. No but, kidding. But uh, what about, I mean, those kind of things. What's the best way to, to prepare those if you, you bring them in yeah. whole if you can? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. It's cool, but if not, what's the best way to skin one of those? Uh, if, you, if you must skin one, um, you, you, uh, I guess if you can imagine a bear, an old bear rug laying on your, your granddad's floor, you want to just skin down the belly, straight down the belly in a straight line, and then kind of out all four arms right. and uh, just peel the body out. Um, if you've got to leave the head in there, you can cut the head off at the neck and um, just cool it, put it in an ice chest with ice. And, or in a refrigerator uh, and just keep it cool but uh, if not if you're if you're able to get it to us or a taxidermist fairly quickly then um, don't skin it gut it nothing just put it in a trash bag keep it as dry as you can right. and uh, keep it cold yeah maybe if there's blood on it kind of wipe the yeah, blood off same, that yeah, kind of thing same philosophy uh-huh. just keep it clean as you can and and uh, you know spray it off with a, like a, a mild detergent or something and and so it doesn't hurt to wash them with a mild detergent. No, no. Cool. We, uh, yeah. yeah, we've uh, we've experimented with a lot of stuff over the years, and and uh, what works, what doesn't. Talk to other taxidermists and that have been around for 30, 40 years, and and uh, go to seminars. And yeah, uh, Liquid Dawn's a really good um, detergent to use. Uh, and, and you don't need to. I'm not saying you need to soak it in Liquid no. Dawn, but you know, a couple drops in, yeah. in a, a gallon of water or so, and it just it's a natural degreasing agent 
and top uh, everything else. You're right. I didn't think about that. It's just uh, it's just a good general use thing in, ta- in the taxidermy world. Okay, now we got we got the mount to the taxidermist. We yeah. decided what what how we want it to look. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've talked about this in the past. Mm-hmm. Okay, I've got a spot on the wall, and I want that deer to look to his right, mm-hmm. to which would be to my <laughs> left. So when I come and talk to you, and I said, uh, and oh, the beauty of it is here, you've got he had cheated on you, guy, and go, I feel like this, yeah. like that. That's the benefit of, of, of great memory yeah. to say that. But let's say I have it shipped into here, and you go, okay, tell me how you want it mounted. You want it left, right, and you go, uh, I don't yeah. know. Which way do I yeah. want it, you know? Yeah. And so Yeah, that's the uh, kind of the age-old issue that we, and it's getting more prevalent because we get a lot of hunters that kind of come in, drop off the deer. We never meet them. They're right. out of state, you know, and or out of out of town and and so we kind of we have to kind of do like some role playing here and, and <laughs> you know the way we say it is if you were the deer or the or whatever the, the animal is, yeah. antelope elk right. whatever uh, if you were that animal which way would you be looking right so uh it's from the animal's perspective um things to consider usually a lot of people don't know how they want to mount you know we ask kind of walk them through a, a checklist and talk them into the the answer and uh, that they want and you know where are you putting it um do you have any other mounts Mm -hmm. how are they posed um where in the room is it situated Uh, is it going up high is it going you know eye level right um we look at the animal itself and one side may be stronger than the other right Uh, we may want to accentuate something and that we can do with the pose um it may be something where, well, all my all my mounts are upright, and I want something a little different. So let's do something different. So we give them some options as far as like sneaks and different poses. Yeah, and you so, can send them to your website too. Yeah, that's yeah, to absolutely to kind of see what we're right. trying to describe. But but um, usually people know what they want. They just need to be asked the right questions. Right, and they can arrive where they want it. To me, you can put so much into a deer by the position of the ear oh. or the animal. So let's talk about that a little yeah. bit. Is that something that, you know, when I, there may be an occasion where I come to you and say, okay, John, because of where this mount's going, uh-huh. I need, I really want the ears to do this, or I really want to accentuate yeah. the, the, the spread, so I may want to put the ears back. But, you know, years ago there was one pose, and that was yeah. pretty much the animal yeah. straight oh, looking yeah. at you, and his ears were in a very erect position. Yeah. But that's not deer very seldom or any length of time doing that. You know, yeah. there's always the little always moving. There. Yeah. You know, it's funny you say that. We uh, we kind of geek out on it, but it's one of those things where we study the uh, the expression of deer or any animal we're right. working on. But the expressions with the ears say a lot, and. Uh, you know, by pinning them back or, or having them alternating, you know, if you study deer, they, uh, it means different things and they do different things and you exactly. can kind of accomplish different expressions. And, you know, we get people that want a big, bad deer, you know, big buck and muscular and mean looking. And, you know, you can, a lot of that is in the ears and how they're held. And, and, um, you can just use the expression of the ears to kind of portray a, a, a demeanor exactly. with the deer. Yeah. And to me, there's some deer that just have have that demeanor of being very, very aggressive. Right, or, yeah. You know, are really spooky kind of thing. And to yeah. me, those are the ones where, 
you know, they, yeah. those ears are constantly working back and forth. One of them's going forward, one of yeah. them's going backward. They may both go back, may both, but there's never any length of yeah. time where an ear stays in a certain yeah. position. You know, and it's funny, in, in taxidermy, you know, we... Uh, we try to be as natural as possible, but right. but on the other hand, you know, people want a lot of times they want a pretty mount, and yeah. so we we kind of fight the the <laughs> battle of do we make it anatomically correct or do we make it pretty? And yeah. uh, so well, you guys uh, do an absolute job of both. As we far try as to I'm walk sure. that line, but it's <laughs> you know it's it's tough because a lot of a lot of the things that people perceive in their mind they want their their mount to look like you know the the animal just may not really naturally do that so no. we uh we try to walk that line and and you know give the customer what they want but at the same time make it as uh correct as possible well i i, I mean i'm a stickler for anatomy and i'm a stickler <laughs> for expression because sure. deer really are individuals they're, yeah. they're just like People. So, I mean, there's there's some that do some a certain way and some that don't. And so, to me, what I what I like about I, I like we just talked about a mount that you're doing for us now, and mm-hmm. and I said, you know, matter however you, you think yeah. that deer sure. number one looks best, or how you know on his ears, and if he's one of those that you think is really curious all the time, yeah. moving forward. If not, in the position of the ears and. Yeah. and uh, they're, and yeah. even with the expression, sometimes you, y'all have with the, within the face itself. Yeah. That deer again. Everyone looks. They all look somewhat the same, but they're also a little you bit different. Do little, yeah, it's it's pretty yeah. subtle, but you know the yeah. the the trained eye or the the hunter that really studies animals and and uh, can pick those things out. And I think that differentiate differentiates you from other taxidermists possibly. But it's it's a uh, it's fun because it kind of we're, we're always chasing something we're never going to be able to accomplish, which is replicating nature. You know, we're never going to get there. We, we try, but it's uh, it's fun. It's it's a challenge. You know, we can always improve or, or learn something new, and and uh, it's it's been it's been fun. And it's even with technology, and we go to these uh, these uh, parks and zoos and take pictures of our own. Right. Study the animals moving. Because you yes. see a lot more when you, you move than you there do. There you see certain muscles being used yeah. or not used or, you know, yeah. all those yeah. kind of things. So, but, but, uh, but, yeah, I mean, you can do a lot, you know, with a little bit of clay under that skin and, and uh, pushing it around. If you're an artist. artist. <laughs> if you're an artist, that's right. But it's, uh, it's fun, you know, and, and when people give us the, the, the liberty to kind of make their mount uh, look how we think it would look the best, yeah. you know, that's always fun. You know, a lot of times y'all have skinned out the head, you know, mm-hmm. and y'all have a chance to look at it. I know you look at an awful lot of them, or a tremendous sure. number of them, and I know every one of your guys, and sure. your guys and gals, because sure. I mean, you've got some absolutely extremely talented ladies here we as do. well, too. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. I mean, they they really impressed me with the mounts that they put yeah, out. They, uh I'm telling you, I'm, I'm convinced the, the females are a little more talented <laughs> than some of the males. But, but, uh, but yeah, you know, it's, it's one of those things you kind of have to, if you're a student of what you do, you know, you uh, just kind of naturally want to learn more and, and uh, understand rather than just kind of slap mounts together and push them out the door. Yeah. Again, that's one of the things I truly appreciate about you and the guys. Yeah, it's, it's fun. working for you kind of thing. Sure. I want to switch horses with you. Yeah. Wait for a second. You're working on a book, or I think you may uh, have yeah. just about uh, finished it, at least the, uh, the first go-round. It's in the, 
I don't know what point, and it's it was in its infancy last we talked, but now right, I would exactly. say it's it's approaching getting ready to be uh, sent to the printer. So oh, working with uh, editors and laying out pictures, and there's a lot that goes into that stuff. There it is. <laughs> I had no idea. But I had to slap some words down and box it up, but. Well, that's that's how it starts, though. Yeah. I mean, you, yeah. you got to get the words down. You can kind of maybe do an outline or something, you know, that you're working on. But uh, then you got to sit down. And you got to put all the words down, and then the photography is. Yeah. Of course, with what you and we've talked about your book a little bit in the uh-huh. past, but uh-huh. here with with the animals that you have available for photography. Yeah. I mean, my it's uh, the. Um, I guess it's a developmental editor is who I'm, I'm working with right now. Right. And uh, kind of blew him away a little bit. We, we have 130 pictures that it's going to be in our book. So uh, they'd never worked with that number <laughs> before. <laughs> so they were a little <laughs> taken aback. But uh, but I think it's it's coming together. Hopefully by the end of this month, we should have kind of a, a rough draft of the oh whole gosh, thing. Oh, fantastic. And... Uh, Getting advice from you, I know you've you've been through that rodeo a few times, and yeah, you know, I'm, it, it's I'm seriously thinking about doing another one. <laughs> but I've written so darn much. I think this is going to just going to be pulling some of the stuff that I've done yeah. in the past and kind of rewriting it, kind of thing. So that'll make it a little bit easier, a little bit quicker. True. And on my side, but, but uh, what's the title? Uh, it's it's going to be called Taxidermy Life. Taxidermy Life. Yep. And uh, you know, there's a lot of how tos. I did some research about books out there that in the taxidermy world that uh, a lot of them are just you know how to mount this or how to do that or um, specific mounts or painting or uh, right. tasks. Right. I guess um, I couldn't really find one that that kind of told you about taxidermy. What is it like to be a taxidermist and behind the scenes type things and kind of div- right. so part of it is that. Uh, just the life of a taxidermist part of it is uh, our story you know and, and how we got started and where we are today and some of the processes that we've found to be helpful and um, ad- advice for people um, different there's different types of taxidermists there's, right you know your, your hobbyists they're your your small shops your large shops and Kind of, we've kind of developed through those whole, the, the whole stage, <laughs> right? Uh, right. So you know, just advice. If I could go back and tell myself at each one of those steps, um, some helpful things, you know, what those are. So we'll touch on that a little bit in there, and and um, you know, we we of course encounter some uh, unusual situations in oh, yeah. <laughs> in this industry with just weird stories or animals and so there's some some of that in there as well you know uh, just some humor but and just pictures around the shop people really seem to like to see the behind the scenes stuff. absolutely absolutely so, yes but but yeah you know it's a, it's not an exceptionally long words there's 25,000 words I think but uh, a lot of pictures and we'll see it's fun these days, I've learned that most people don't have a long, long attention span. No, that's a good point. <laughs> they like to look at photographs, you know. And so to me, yeah. from what I'm hearing, your your words kind of tie the photographs together. They do, in, in yeah. certain ways, kind of way. They do. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. And where, how's it going to be available, and where is it going to be available? That's a good question. So we'll uh, we'll have it available. We'll have hard copies available for sale. I'm going to plan on kind of doing a tour to some of these taxidermy uh, conventions. Oh yeah, and and kind of push it there. Uh, just share it in in the industry. Um, 
looking at putting it on Amazon and right. kind of all the ebook stuff, which I'm learning leaps and bounds about yes. that whole world. Yes. So uh, it'll be available pretty much through all of those avenues. Um, but uh, but yeah, you know, more than anything, it's it's kind of uh, after I'm long gone, there's a, there's going to be some record of what what's happened here and what we experienced and. It'll be there for the future generations. Great grandchild will say, yeah. Pick it up one day. Look at this. My great great grandchild. Look what he did. But, uh, I but love no, that. It's good. It's fun. It's it's uh, been a challenge. But uh, yes, sir. man, I'm I'm always about learning new things. So. I know. Again, that's one of the things I truly enjoy about yeah. having you as a friend. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because I'm the same way. Everything I do, I'm continually learning yeah. uh, every time I go somewhere I learn something new or you know sure. something maybe a little bit different and to me that's really a, a great yeah, part of the fun makes of life life interesting, as far as you life know? yeah absolutely well we're going to make this a little bit short today so uh, tell me how the best way to get in touch with you for people who would like for you to for them to, for you to do some mounts for them sure, or, sure. Uh, maybe see some of the mounts that you have and, absolutely. Then, uh, and I'm sure your book's going to be available probably on your website as well too. it will yeah, we'll uh, we'll be pushing that on our website, social media, um, probably some other avenues. You know, like I said, kind of doing a little tour, so to speak, um, talking to some people in, in the industry. But but uh, yeah, you know the the big avenues are for us are the our website, of course, at doublenickeltaxidermy.com. Uh, you can email us there. You welcome to call the shop anytime. We have social media, Instagram, Facebook, and. Uh, pretty active on responding to people on that so uh, that's pretty much the the ways to reach into the this company if you if you need a question perfect and it's double n-i-c-k-l-e yeah 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 that's a long Thanks. story in itself but yeah <laughs> we'll, we'll come back i want to save that one for there. i know there's a good there story a good there story there yeah we'll, we'll save that we'll we'll get around a real campfire yes. here for too very long and i that think you hear the fire crackling in the background and all that kind of thing so that sounds good. John, thank you very much again. If you're looking for somebody to do a truly quality mount, and also I cannot wait to see your book, quite frankly. Sure. So uh, we'll make people aware of it right here. And then until next time we get together, John, thank you for everything that you do. Thank you for everything you do for uh, DSC and have done in the past and, yeah. and other organizations. We really appreciate, it. appreciate that as well, too. And, Look forward to everybody joining us right back here around DSC Campfire. Thanks for joining us around the campfire. To leave a comment or suggestion for an upcoming episode, go to Instagram at Larry Wysoon Outdoors. Please join me right here next week for another DSC's Campfires. DSC Campfires with Larry Wysoon has also been brought to you by the Texas Wildlife Association. Working for tomorrow's wildlife today. TRHP Outdoors, Kenetrek Boots for the trails less traveled, Voight, the finest in hunting gear, Pyramid Air for all things air gun, and Ripcord, Rescue Travel Protection. <laughs>